1: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. What's up, folks? Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of Hardwood Handicappers. We are flying as a duo today. Kelly gets the day off. Zach Cohen's here. Jonathan Von Tobel in the usual spot as we get ready for a short but awesome slate in the NBA. We'll get to those two games coming up in a moment. But, uh, uh, Zach, what's up, buddy? I was, uh, was giving you praise. Uh, off to a, a fantastic start. The columns, uh, you can find them every day just like mine up at vcin.com. Uh, A good day for you yesterday. Got in by the hair, of your chinny chin chin on the uh was it the Nets, right? That you were taking one and a half, ended up uh, falling on one. So good start for you, man. How you feeling through the first two days?
0: Feeling good. I feel really good about taking the Nets with the points instead of money line. I was really yeah. close to taking the money line, so I'm happy they did that. Yeah, best bets and player props up at vsid.com every day and. Looking forward to tonight's action.
2: Yes. And um, by the way, we don't want to uh, pigeonhole you into just an NBA guy. Cause you do more stuff, right? What else is up on the website from you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I do NFL. I do college football, best bets for both every week, uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays. You'll find those. And then I do tennis daily during bigger tournaments.
2: All right, good. So wanting to make sure you get that, make sure you check that out. Uh, obviously we're very happy to have Zach here as part of Harvard Handicappers, but want to make sure too, that all of you are checking out all of the work. Cause he uh, is pretty much the backbone, him and Adam Burke of the website up at com. So, with that, I, I do want to get, obviously, the thoughts on the two games today, but uh, we have a little bit of time, so uh, you know we were texting back and forth, so I, I wanted to get your observations, and we do uh, tell you, hey, the group chat's a good idea, huh? A little bit of a group thing, kind of throw some thoughts back and forth and, and get some vibes flowing and, and see what's on your mind and so you can actually kind of be prepared. So I'll ask you, uh, general takeaways, you can go whatever direction you want. First two days, the full game of NBA hoops yesterday, what, what stuck out to you through the first two days? Yeah,
0: I mean, I have one that I think that you'll probably agree with, but I think that that Grizzlies bet at plus 170 to miss the playoffs, now down to plus 140, but I still think that's a play. I think it yeah. might be a play in any number, any plus money number you can get. I just think that, you know, that team is really missing an identity right now without the shot creation of Ja, or, you know, the offensive glass toughness with Stephen Adams and Bradzie Clark, who's also out indefinitely. I just don't think they have any idea how they want to play, and I think that overall, you know, they're just really lacking in talent, which is a little weird for a team that – has drafted so well, you know, accumulated decent assets, but it's a team that has also been, you know, afraid to make an all-in trade in the past. I think they probably regret that right now. I just don't think that the pieces add up without Jaw without Adams.
2: Yep. Um, I would agree with all that. And, I mean, and actually, you're right in that they have a done a really good job. And that was actually going to be my takeaway, too. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's they, they have done a good job with all the talent. The problem is they've done such a good job, it, it leaves, right? Like, yep. you know, like Tyus Jones, you know, I texted you guys. Hey, Tyus Jones, most approved. Well, he's out there in Washington. Like, he's a starting point guard in the NBA. So, like, they had him and they had acquired him, but he's gone because he deserves a starting role. You mentioned the injuries that this team is going through and, like, the. The time that you choose to kind of go in, like you mentioned, on a deal is Marcus Smart, which is kind of weird because I don't think that's really like a, a move that maximizes your team. He's just like a better version of Dylan Brooks. And one of the things that stuck out yesterday, so I wrote about this in the guide about Memphis, which is if you were poking holes, and this was when they were full strength, if you're poking holes in the roster, one of the things you're kind of poking at is Where's the shooting coming from? Like, I don't think that they're going to be a particularly good three-point shooting team. And yesterday, 12 of 43, 27.9%. And you saw a time, Zach, when you, like, watching that game, the Pelicans were like, no, we're just going to play zone. Like, we're going to play zone. You're not going to get to the rim. And we're going to dare you to shoot at a high volume. And if you beat us that way, so be it. I think that teams are, they're going to see that a lot from teams. They're just going to see zone and teams willing to back off and keep them from the the rim and just be like, shoot, guys, because you can't do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's unproven shooters on that team, like Zaire Williams is a guy yep. that I'm sure they're banking on to start making some shots. He can in a pinch, but, you know, yeah, it's it's Marcus Smart, it's Zaire Williams. These aren't guys that can just be trusted to make spot-up jumpers. I think that you're right. They're going to play zone. They're going to dare him to shoot. Uh, and I just don't think there are many guys on the team that can go and create their own offense.
2: Yep. So one of the other – there's I, I think I had two more takeaways I wanted to throw at you before we get to today. So one of the things that Kelly and I talked about at the end of the pod yesterday on the last game was Portland and Los Angeles. And it was a game that I was like, yeah, I'm betting, I'm betting Los Angeles. We're just going to wait to see what the market does. Cause if it starts to dip, cause I think it was stations out here had eight and a half and you know, I'll just wait for the best number and get in on there. And I told Kelly, I was like, I think they're going to boat race Portland because I think the market there is there. We're coming into this year, Zach, where the market is clearly extremely low on the Los Angeles Clippers from like a win total standpoint, from a future standpoint. And you can understand how you get there. Right. Because, Hey, they haven't been healthy. We've seen this before. look, I'm a Clippers fan. I had hope. After they beat your sons after game one, and I was like, they're going to win this series. F everybody. This is awesome. I thought they were really going to do it. But Kawhi Leonard gets hurt, and the rest is history. We know it goes on with that team. Having said that, this was the lowest win total for this team uh, in the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard era, and that equate uh, that, that it equals to the year that they did not have Paul. Excuse me, Kawhi Leonard with the torn ACL. So essentially a win total of a Kawhi leonard team with Kawhi Leonard. But I think that has kind of bled into some of the market ratings and perceptions of this team. If they're at full strength, they're still an extremely good team. And I thought yesterday, just laying about eight and a half, nine against the Portland Trail Blazers team, starting a bunch of young guys, unproven talent, w- was something of a, of an indication that the Clippers might be in a little bit of a buy low spot, not only for the season but to start the year from a side perspective.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I actually did not go in on many uh, team futures, but I did like of anything that you put in the guide, that plus 1,800 number on the Clippers, just because yep. nothing's changed. If those two guys are healthy, it's this team is as good as anybody in the world. So I don't see any reason not to believe in them right now. I mean, those guys are both healthy right now. You know, they have the Harden stuff out there. You know, that's a number that I like because if they got Harden, that thing goes down to plus 900, right? Plus 800. Yep. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think that they're going to be, you know, a little underrated to start the season. I think people kind of need to see those two guys play maybe to start to believe in them again. But they are going to be a tough team in the West.
2: Yeah. Simply put, last year, the same team. The only difference, Kenya Martin Jr. is on the team was plus 750 to win the NBA Finals. Now they're like 18 to one to win the NBA Finals. So uh, I I think it's a really big buy low for them. And again, I'm a Clippers fan, so I will say that maybe I'm a little uh, biased. Last point I wanted to make uh, from the observations for the first couple of days. So this is kind of like a catch-all point here, but it's like like a, uh, oh boy, this might be bad for these teams, right? As we move forward. Uh, One of them was the Memphis Grizzlies. The other was the Chicago Bulls. Holy smokes. Like that did not look good. You had Nikola Vucevic, Throwing the ball against the stanchion, getting an attacked, and then arguing with Billy Donovan on the sideline. Like immediately afterward, they had. Did you see? do you see what Billy Donovan said after the game with the locker room? Yep, I saw.
0: He went into the. They were fighting already.
2: They, they were fighting. <laughs> For those who didn't see it, Billy Donovan uh, told the media that he walked into the locker room and that the Bulls were already fighting. And he actually asked them, "Do you want me to leave?" And they said, "Yes." And he just walked <laughs> out, and con- they continued to argue. So, like that's kind of a that's kind of a, a really really bad sign. And uh, the other is, so I took my shot. It was the the loss of the day yesterday. I might have underestimated how bad the Wizards are. Holy
0: crap, dude. They were terrible. Oh, the defense is a disaster.
2: Yep. That was bad. But 143-120, that equated with also the fact that these Pacers overs might be something, man. 263 total points. They, They run as much as possible. They can shoot in transition as much as possible. Those things are going to get crazy, but 200 and what did we talk about? 63 total points yesterday, just blows over a a closing total, like two thirty four. And you were in on that, right?
0: Yeah. I had the over, I did think to myself, that number was a little high, but it ended up being way too low. So, (laughs) yeah, That was
2: wild. All right, so with that, uh, we'll take our quick break. We'll, we'll from here, we'll talk about the two games that we got. It's going to be a short pod today because that's going to be the format here on Harvard Handicappers. Uh, a little bit more of a daily flow to them, and we'll have some extension, uh, some extended episodes, but not today with only two games on tap. So when we come back, we got two games two primetime matchups, and one side that we share. We'll tell you who that is on the other side.
1: NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
2: All right, Zach. So, Thursday night, um... Well, let's take the wheel here. 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, Philadelphia on the road against Milwaukee. As I mentioned, we do share a side here. So when I read your article this morning, I was happy to know that uh, there's not going to be any combat You and Kelly have been kind of going head to head, you know, we've been arguing. Uh, we don't want that here on today's episode. So walk us through what you're looking at with Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Current number two, we should note for our audience as we record right now, Milwaukee is six point favorite with a total of 227.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm on the Sixers plus six and a half in this game. I'd play it down to five and a half if you had to. I think that, you know, the talk is kind of that the sky is falling in Philadelphia. But, you know, this is a team that was 15-9 and without Harden last year. They could win games without him. And, you know, I think that part of the reason that they're looking to trade him is that they, they feel that they're ready for life without him. I think that, you know, Tyrese Maxey, is a borderline all-star candidate this year. You know, I think he's going to be a superstar in this league. I think, you know, the combination of him and Joel Embiid, they had a plus 10.6 net rating last year. Just a really good duo. I think that the Philadelphia front office is ready for life with Maxie with the ball in his hands, you know, most of the game. So I think that this is a team that is going to be a lot better without Harden than people think, especially in a matchup like this where, you know, you start DeAnthony Melton instead of Harden That's a really good thing with Damian Lillard on the other team. Melton is a really good on-ball defender on the perimeter. Uh, If Harden were playing, you'd probably see Maxi taking the Lillard matchup, and I don't think he's as well equipped to handle that. So I think defensively, Philadelphia is in a pretty good spot here, especially compared to other teams in the league. Where you know Giannis is going to have more space this season than he's ever had in his career. But you know, with Joel Embiid clogging up the paint, uh, you know Tobias Harris an improved defender, PJ Tucker out there. The Sixers team is going to do a really good job of defending them, I think. I think it'll be a really close game.
2: Yeah, so I I echo all of that, and I would add, too, uh, Nick Nurse got a reputation in his time in Toronto of being a psychopath when it came to game planning, specifically on the defensive end throughout the regular season. I think that your point is one of the most important ones. Anthony Melton at the point of attack defensively is – I actually think it's kind of what Nick Nurse wants, right? Like a defensive oriented guard, similar to like what he had in Fred Van Bleet, where it was just like, I know you're going to be in the position I need you to be. I think Melton's a better defender, but he's never going to get caught out of position. He's going to do exactly what you want him to do. He's going to shut down Damian Lillard. No, but am I going to be able to trust that whatever defense I throw out there, you're going to be able to run it? Yes. And so Nick Nurse is going to really enjoy that. I also, I mean, look, this is pretty simple. Joel Embiid's still playing, right? Like, (laughs) like if you look at the last three games, he's averaged 30.3 and nine against this team. Uh, He's played extremely well. That front court remains the same. So those matchups are going to remain pretty similar here. And there's got to be something, I'll ask you this. There is something to Giannis and Damian Lillard being good, but also needing time to gel, right? Like, they didn't really play that much in the regular season. There's a reality in which they come out here and don't look anywhere near like the team they eventually end up becoming because like it's like their first real game together.
0: Yeah. And I included that in my column today too. You know, it's just unfair to ask them to win this game by seven or more. I think this is, you know, still a Sixers team that'll probably compete for, you know, a top four seed in the East, even if Harden doesn't play, which it seems like he will, but you know what I'm saying? It's it's not a bad team without him. And I think that, you know, Unless they're spamming Lillard Giannis pick and rolls right away, which I don't think they will. I think they're gonna save a lot for the postseason. Yep. I don't think they're gonna be blowing teams out in the regular season the way that, you know, people might be anticipating.
2: Yep. They they do that a lot. Like teams will save some of their bet I mean, for example, I and mean, Milwaukee's actually a really good example of it. For the longest time, I mean, for Bud, and it was something he needed to do, they would never use Giannis at the five lineups until they got to the postseason, right? Like, things like that, they would rarely use it. So, yeah, I completely agree. I would agree with the sentiment, too, that when you're looking at it from a playable standpoint, uh, up to, like, five and a half or down to five and a half uh, would be something worth looking at. Now, you're a good player prop uh, guy. Anything here in terms of player props for the game, or is it just the side? where you at least flirting with something, looking at something?
0: I didn't end up going with anything in this one. Just because it's a two-game slate, I wanted to kind of keep it light today. Um, Sure. I went with the other game. <laughs> you want to switch gears? Or well, real quick, before prop? we yeah. switch
2: over, I will say this. Something I'm going to watch from a player prop perspective, um, because we as a, a population, right, really get wrapped up in a lot of these, you know, the big names, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard. Um, I will say on the surface, Chris Middleton at 12 and half points did seem somewhat light. Like, I, I wonder, like, you know what I mean? So when we're talking about how does this benefit certain players, I think Chris Middleton has forgotten about, like I got texts when the trade went down, like, oh, terrible. They didn't get rid of Middleton. No, like if he's your third option, that's great. And so it's just a catch and th- shoot threat, a third option on offense. I think he's going to be the beneficiary of a lot of nights. So I just thought 12 and a half seemed pretty light for a guy like Middleton. And it's not like the total's at like 216. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. total's at like 220, what are we at? 227. Two, so I think there's going to be scoring to go around. And I, I think the market's accounting for Giannis and Dame to account for a vast majority of that and that might be true but Middleton's going to get some shots up and I think the market's kind of light on this point total prop
0: yeah have they said anything about a minutes restriction for him because I know he didn't really play in the preseason I wonder if maybe they do the thing that they did last year where they kind of like bring him back in like 16 to 24 minute spurts and slowly build him up that's the only thing I'd be worried about but that total is so low that he could still hit it even in a short uh, period of time.
2: Yeah. Uh, There is a, let's see, uh, Adrian Griffin, minutes restriction. Chris will not be seeing much action early part of the year, says a headline. Uh, Let's see. Careful approach. Uh, This is awesome. This is a, how about this minutes restriction? Uh, We have to be smart. Uh, Let's see, going from 12 to, okay. So that's, I thought, i misread a quote i thought he i thought adrian griffin said ah 12 to 35 minutes we'll see I was like oh well, that's a <laughs> that's a pretty big it's a pretty big discrepancy but it doesn't sound like it's going to be a full workload so we'll see maybe it's uh i don't know 30 minutes like lebron james played uh which we can get to now here so lakers and Suns, we're doing this dance again uh bradley beal doubtful devin booker doubtful no idea if they're going to play or not uh, i'm i Kudos to you. I know what you like here from the from a point spread perspective, or excuse me, from a side per, or player prop perspective. So you go ahead, because I could not get involved in anything Suns related. I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah, I found it really hard to play a side or a total in this game, just because I don't really know what to expect from either team here. But I did like Kevin Durant under 31 and a half points, and I would play that down to 30 and a half as well. I just think that, you know, the, the common thought when you look at this game is that Bradley Beal and Devin Booker are out the Suns are going to go all in peppering Kevin Durant with touches. I think that, you know, Durant is still a player that's going to average a lot of points, he's going to have a great season for the Suns, but I do think he's going to do his best work playing off of both Beale and Booker. I think that at this point in his career, he needs to create it for himself. He, he doesn't need to be creating for himself. He needs to be scoring within the flow of the offense. He's still one of the best shooters in the world, you know, six foot 11 with that long wingspan. He could shoot over the top of anybody, but I don't really think, We've seen the same on ball creator out of Durant over the last two years that we've seen in the past. I thought it was especially concerning against Golden State last game that he was picking up his dribble a lot, uh, losing the ball a lot, and overall, you know, just taking a lot of fadeaways, which they will go in. He's Kevin Durant. I think that uh, I trust him to have a really good season, but I think that asking him to be the number one option without, uh, you know, a really good supporting cast is really tough. I think the Lakers will focus most of their attention on him and just force him into really difficult spots.
2: Yep, I would completely agree with all of those. I can't wait to see what this is going to be like. And, you know, if you're if you're Los Angeles, who who on this roster, if Beal and Booker, are scaring you, right? And Vogel the other night, for some weird reason, decided to go with an all-bench lineup for a little bit. Their their offensive rating was a 60 in those minutes. They were awful. And so if you're L.A., I mean, you're just sending the house at Kevin Durant and going, hey, man, if you want to Nabe or any of these other guys are going to beat us, I guess so. But it, it, I think it speaks to like to your overall point here too. Like he just he doesn't have much to work with. He's not as effective as a shot creator. I would agree with the, like looking at some of those inflated to point totals under.
0: Yeah, and, and that and that bench lineup was a disaster. Dad, I couldn't man. believe he played it, but they got away with it. So
2: <laughs> yes, they did. But you're right. I'm with, I'm with you too. I was watching it. I'm like, well, I can't be the only one seeing this right now. Yeah. Like, what is happening? It looked absolutely abysmal. Uh, So the cool thing about today is not only we're on the same side, but we approach this game from a similar perspective, uh, a player prop perspective. So for me, I went with Anthony Davis points over. Um, I I wanted to flirt a little bit with points and rebounds. What got me off points and rebounds was the fact that I do think with uh, Nurkic and Kevin Durant, who's actually a pretty decent rebounder himself, maybe the rebounds wouldn't be there for Anthony Davis. But I, I think when you look at this, it's twofold. First off, 22 and a half in a world in which LeBron James is on a minutes restriction, Seems pretty low, right, for yeah. Anthony Davis, because he is going to be the primary option from a scoring standpoint. Um, you're not playing up in Denver. You know, I thought that was kind of lost in the conversation a bit about the 0-6 in that second half. Like, yeah. it's the first game of the regular season. You're playing up in Denver, and they're fired up to play you. Like, well, that second half, your legs are probably going to start to feel a little weak, and, and that's a really strong home court, as we know. Uh, you cited it the other day. Uh, what was their home court advantage last year? What was their record, like 44 oh, or something? I think
0: eight straight up. Yeah.
2: So they were really good there. But now coming back home, taking on this shorthanded team, and I think there's something to be said of LeBron is very conscious conscious in the moment, right, And in the narratives that happen. I also think that there's going to be a let's get Anthony Davis going type of game here. Like give him as many opportunities as you possibly can. He's not going to go 0-6 again. Uh, There was a lot of bunnies that he missed in that game too. So I thought all of those things together – Factor with the fact that 22 and a half was the point total. I went over. I laid 115, thought it was playable up to minus 130. That's actually where the price is right now as I'm looking at it. So I wouldn't be surprised to see it climb up, but went over on Anthony Davis points.
0: Yeah, I like it a lot. I mean, the narrative has been that he's scared to shoot and he can't score after that right. last that second half last game. It kind of reminds me of in football and like a Jamar Chase is like, I'm always open. They need to throw me the ball. Then the next game, it's like 18 targets from Joe Burrow. Right. I think that they're going to go to him pretty often. I don't think that the Suns really have an answer
2: for it. Yep, I would completely agree. And to your point, too, Kevin Durant as a primary scoring option. He's not going to be helping as much. I mean, he's going to be pretty tired. They might go after him a couple of times too, try to get Anthony Davis on him. So I think it works out well for him. Uh, Side, I mean, I know that look, we don't know what's going to happen with Beal and with Devin Pooker, but you have anything like six, if they don't play, because here's the thing, right? They're both listed as doubtful. If they're both officially ruled out, I don't think it's out of the question that it gets to like seven. Do you, is that a playable number, like coming back on Phoenix, if it gets all the way up to like seven?
0: Yeah, I, and then you could get it at five and a half right now. So it's six yeah. and a half. So I would play it, I think. It's a lean, I guess. I wouldn't put it as a best bet. But right, if you right. really want something on this game, I think you should take the Lakers. Yeah.
2: All right, Zach, that's it. Short and sweet, man. Like this is what these episodes are going to be now. So make sure, betting on X, right? on yep. uh, on, X. on X. Yep, so check that out. VEASAN.com for all of his write-ups, our write-ups as well. And make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe. Hardwood Handicappers, we'll talk to you tomorrow.